Greetings and welcome to the worship services of Alamo First Baptist Church. I'm Brother Chris Rigby. I'm standing here this morning in front of our bell. This is the original bell that was at our old location uh, years ago. It uh, was there when the church was first built and it was always a call to worship. Well, when we moved to our new campus here several years ago, we brought it with us. And not too long ago, we got to put it up. We're so excited about it because it reminds us that we're coming together into this building to worship. And we are excited that today you've decided to tune in to our broadcast to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our prayer this morning is that you will see the great love that Jesus has for you and the great love that we have for you as well this morning as we worship together. We look forward to meeting you and your family and we invite you to be a part of any of our worship services, our activities or ministries here. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, probably the best way to do that is just drop us a line at our email address, alamofirstbaptist at gmail.com. All of it spelled out, just gmail.com, alamofirstbaptist. We look forward this morning to worshiping with you. We pray God's blessings upon you and your family as we go inside now and we worship together. Let's go ring that bell for Jesus.
so much worse than what we can do with less medicines by themselves. And it's just good to know that we can come to him anytime. Sometimes on this journey, I get lost in my mistakes. What looks to me like weakness is a kindness for a strength. And my story isn't over, my story's just begun. Still you want to find me, cause that's what my father does. Yeah, still you want to find me, cause that's what my father does. Lay your burdens down here in the Father's house. Take your shame at the door, cause it ain't welcome anymore. You're in the Father's house. Pride is not the end game, the journey is You're in 
but there's a circumstance in which you think you can maybe because you think you're okay and secure about what you want to do, then you go from heaven or simply because you just don't know you know what that means or what what God might do if you haven't been there so you say, Well, I'm just getting to heaven So as I thought in my preparing the series, I want to go forward now, and I want to think about what is the big day for us as Christians, particularly what we think about when we talk about the day of judgment or the judgment that awaits us. Early Wilson tells the story of Humphrey Bastard on the boat, Cotton, Fitzsimmons. So before one of the games, he gave up on his rather rousing speech and focused on one word. And the word was pretend. And so here's what uh, Fitzsimmons said. Gentlemen, when you go out there tonight, instead of remembering that we are in the last place, pretend we are in first place. Instead of being in a losing streak, pretend we are in a winning streak. Instead of being in a regular game, pretend Visibly shaken and upset about the loss, and was talking to the media and just you know feeling really bad. And one of the star players came by, patted him on the back, and said, "Hey, hey, coach, cheer up." The gentleman won. Herbert Lucha goes on to say, "Maybe perhaps many of us appear to be winning in the race of life. Perhaps he says it's all pretend." Standing before Christ, he says, we will soon see the difference between an actual victory and maybe what was wishful thinking. We will see what it took to win, and he says, what it took to lose. And then he says, and in that moment, as we stand before Christ, we will discover that he is greater than he is. I want to say to you this morning, those of you who are here, those listening at home, there is a day of judgment. Every man, woman, boy, and girl, there is a day where you will stand before the Lord God Almighty. There's a day of judgment for every lost one. There's a day of judgment for every believer in Christ. And we'll find out then what was my pretend and what was actually being pretend. If I could give you the sermon of pretending today, it would be this. We will never understand what it's truly like to hit the rock unless we first understand what lies ahead of God's prophetic plan. 
certain things God has said will take place. Shall not be. One of those things is that we will stand before the Lord God Almighty. In fact, all the time, look at the passage in front of us. We'll think about it this morning together. First of all, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10. This is what the Apostle Paul has to say. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of God, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or We must all appear before the judgment seat of God. Every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl. Listen to what uh, the Apostle uh, John says in John chapter uh, 20. Verses 11 and 12. And in his vision, he says, I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, and from his presence, both the earth and sky were above, and no place was found for them. And then John says, And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And the books were the books were opened. Then another book was opened, and that book is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books, for according to what they had done. So God tells us that there's a day. There is a day that we come on the great white throne of judgment. So when you read through the Bible, you find out there are at least two judgments in which we stand before the Lord. Or two that are mentioned where we pronounce we stand before the Lord God Almighty. So let me give those to you. One of them is what we call the judgment seat of Christ. The other is what we just read in Revelation 20, the great white throne of judgment. Now what are these judgments? What is going on, who's in charge of who's in charge of who, and what's the difference in them? The judgment seat of Christ is a place where believers will be judged. It is a place where believers will be evaluated. Their actions, their deeds, their motives, and it is a place, the Bible tells us, that's a place where God taketh our reward. That's the purpose of it. Now, the white is a time where God will assess the lives of all unbelievers. And it is for the express purpose of permanently separating those who are lost, those who have rejected Christ, those who have not come to Christ, and not only permanently separating them from His presence, but also eternally judging them for their sins. So you see, for those who choose to bear the name those who uh, have put off the Lord Jesus Christ and refused to come to Him, judgment awaits them. This takes place after the rapture, after the judgment seat of Christ that we talked about just a few moments ago. It also takes place after the tribulation. It takes place, I believe, after the millennial reign of Christ, after the battle of Armageddon, after uh, the end of all things. 
it doesn't have to. Because you see, when God judges at the great white throne of judgment, those who are found unworthy, those who are unworthy to live that life, those that who chose to die in their sins, God is going to judge them with For example, let me just mention someone who knows me. Uh, I want to die for far too little as well. And again, it doesn't make any sort of difference. Uh, if the relationship with God is a professed right to be the Lord and Savior, that shall be the outcome of him who repents of his life, about his life, for the sins of the world. Uh, so I think there may be maybe someone who would die. Thank you. 
to pray to God for me. Let me just say to you this morning, you need to pray to God. Why would you want to go to prayer? Well, I'm saying if you are right, why would you want to go to those people to pray? Why? Why would you want to do that? Listen, if it looks like it's going to rain outside, I'd rather look for it. If my car looks like it's about to run out of gas, I'd look for a gas station. If I feel sick, if I've got a fever, I'd go to the doctor. See, we do all kinds of things every day that just makes good sense because we know God the best we understand is the gamble in this community. Why in the world would you gamble for eternity? Listen, even if Jesus, even if I didn't know all the wonderful things, the truth about Jesus that the Bible tells us, even if, even if I love God, I'm still Think about this for a quick second. What awaits God's church at the judgment? Let me give you three things real quickly. Now, I want you to know about the judgment that awaits us. There really are three judgments for eternity. Number one, we are judged by sinners. Take your Bible and look over in Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. And I want you to listen. Says he, he says, therefore, Romans 8 1, therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. And that's good news. That's good news because it means that you are a born again believer. You are a child of God. You've already been. Judged at the death of the sinner at the cross of Calvary. Listen, every past sin you've ever committed, every present sin you might be committing, every future sin you might commit has already been judged. It has already been judged. You've been raised from God's forgiveness. When Christ cried out on Calvary's cross, it is finished. It, it is finished. He was crying out that you and I can cry out by faith in Him. It's done. Salvation for the believer is called done. It's done. We don't work our way to heaven. We don't earn our way to heaven. Christ gives us that way to heaven. In the forgiveness of our sins, our judgment for sins is done. When I was a young man, I said, God, I don't want to stand before you and judge my sin. 
Revelation writes, but Jesus said today, John said, then I saw a great white city and the glory of the great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder from the mouth of the mountain. For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exalt and give him the glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and the bride has made herself ready to grant her to be clothed in fine linen, white and pure, clothed in fine linen, is the righteous deeds of the saints. So the book of Ezra, as Christians, and as the bride of Christ, we've already been through that period of judgment. We're ready to come back in, and we're ready to, to reign with Christ. Uh, although Ezra's a distant this event, he says, apparently takes place in connection with the rapture prior to the second coming, because the second coming is where the beginning of all the approval. The church has been rewarded in Revelation 19, 8 to 28. The garments represent the rewards. The fact that the bride is wearing the beautiful garments indicates that she's already received the rewards that, that were indeed her righteousness. But uh, this time is an event that is clear and bright before the Lord Jesus descends from heaven. The hope of the world uh, must enter into the glory of the Lord. The judgment seat of Christ, therefore, must take place prior to the second coming. But after the church is taken to heaven, the reward of her believers in Christ assumes that there is some length of time in advance between the uh, rapture and the end of the world. That seems to be take place. So, you know, however long it's going to take, it's going to take, but there's going to be a period where we have this entire day before the Lord. Think about the place of the judgment seat. The way uh, the judgment seat will transpire before the Lord Jesus comes back. The story of God's grace tells us that when it happens, it will take us to be with Him to the fire of time. John 14, verses 1 through 3, 1 Thessalonians 4, 17. Since the judgment seat takes place before the return of the Lord Jesus to make something happen in Jesus, then this event must take place in heaven. So someday, it could be it could be today. We stand before Jesus to be judged uh, there uh, in heaven uh, before the throne. The principle of the judgment seat, the, the highlight, think about this. Uh, and this is another principle for consideration to consider. How will believers be judged when they stand before the Lord? The Bible reveals three facts about the way Christ will judge our lives. He'll give us one individual. Every believer will stand alone. Individually before the Lord. Romans 14, verses 10 and 12. We will all stand before the judgment seat of God, and many are going to say, Each one of us will give an account to himself, of himself to God. And here again, Paul will give a speech of sentence. He can handle this one. God said, No, I'm going to speak that to you. You must give an account. 2 Corinthians 5, 2, we read that how we are all here before the judgment seat of Christ. So notice that that Paul said both uh, there in Corinthians and Romans, listen, one day you're going to be simply separated from the Lord. You think you're going to be able to reach him. Uh, you can't go for the Lord. This is what he said. Because he tried to capture this moment, this moment that didn't play out. Here's what he says. Imagine staring into the face of Christ, just the two of you, one on one. Your entire life is present before you. In a flash, you see what he sees. There's no hiding, no opportunity to put a better spin on 
There's no attorney there to represent you. The look in his eye said, you know, why did I have He said, that's the judgment that you gave on me. Why did I have So the, the heart of the community is a different thing. It is an important thing. This is what happened to Galatians 6, and I have one thousand Thank you. 
we did something that was good, but we really wasn't sure we saw the Lord. Listen, I believe that we did something maybe that we should have done that we didn't do it before. I want to be more than my wife and I want to love somebody to love God. And maybe that would be my wife and God that we need to love that we can do that. But you know what I mean? And it might be the God that we love that we really want to love. People love this story. Talk to Habakkuk and tell us to close the door of the story. He said he saw the top and the depth of statue of liberty and the whole mountain. Have a stop with me now. So stunned by the vile detail of the things that were written in the filthy cubit, the statue, where it caught the ladies up, I looked at God and had compassion on me. It occurred to him that the sculptor could never imagine even in his wildest dreams that one day people would be able to fly amazing fly over the statue and look down upon his work. He said, nevertheless, he gave as much attention to the detail uh, at the top of it, the beginning, as much as he did to the face and form of the letters. In his book, he wrote, Did you all create a work of art or any other kind of work? Finish the job perfectly. You never know when a book might be severed in history. I do agree with you. God doesn't need a lot of He sees it all. He sees the big, He sees the small, He sees the hidden, He sees the, the unseen things, He sees the, the things we can't see, and He keeps track. Did you notice He said, books are open, everything is kept as far as the wall. Dr. Rogers is preaching on 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10, what comfort we have tonight if any man's work shall Himself shall be saved, yet so everybody follows. And in that message that, that Dr. Rogers was preaching, he was talking about the judgment seat of Christ. He said, well, it's, it's a place of reward, it's a place of redemption, it's a place of judgment. And um, in his message, he said this He said, you know, uh, that a fellow asked him, he said, Pastor, what is this thing? He said, well, remember the foundation? That's Jesus Christ. Christ is that solid rock that is our foundation. You can build upon Jesus, gold and silver, precious stone, wood, hay, and clay. And then he went on to say, Now, my dear friends, if you have Christ as your personal Savior, even though the wood, hay, and stone of your life may be burned up, the foundation still remains and you'll be saved. You'll be saved, but sins will set in. Saved, then so is by fire. You'll get into heaven, but glad and cooked there will be no fire. And then he went on. Well, I know that the average Baptist, carnal Baptist, is thinking, you know, what carnal Baptists are thinking right now? I'll tell you what I'm going to think of instead. Some of you are just as sound hearted and you've got it figured out. You're thinking, well, let me see. I'll go with Pastor. I might really might not like to, but, but I've been saved. And anywhere up in heaven ought to be a pretty good place. I mean, just feel me in heaven in the corn, corn of glory. That's all I want. Just anywhere up there, and I'll be satisfied. I'll, it'll satisfy me. Well, I can't explain it, my dear friend. He said, but I'm going to tell you, it won't satisfy you. It won't satisfy you because you'll suffer hard. He said, let me explain it to you this way. Suppose you're a man who does not believe in things. And so in your uh, house, you take a hard 
your pastor, all of you do it, all your stuff, all your bonds, all your securities, all of your devices are in your hands. Today, you are in fact, you're asleep. You wake up and you're choking. And uh, you, know, you open your eyes and the room is filled with smoke. The curtains are on fire. The flames are running up the curtains. The timbers and the roofs of the house are burning. And the roof is caving in your dresser. But you look up and the house is about to cave in on you. There's just simply nothing you can do. But just at that moment, if you just took your own life, you get out with the smell of smoke in your clothes, everything in your head. And at that moment, the house caves in and you hear the bones and the screams and the groans of your precious wife and your darling children as they're crowding in the flames. You see, you, you get all your life savings in that house is gone. Your family is gone. The only thing that's left is the foundation. And this is those of you who want something that says, well, you're just too young. Well, you don't think, well, my children are you know, my back, my life's work is all up in smoke, at least I see it going up and down every day. You don't think that way. You're not going to say, I'm just going to grab this thing. I'm going to get a man called Stephen Peter. He's a coattail of his son. And he's going to walk right out of the shadow of the kingdom and back to the kingdom. No one can take my life. No matter the description of that life. I want to say to you this morning that this life, one life in this life, the day I came to St. Peter's Church this morning, is the day of judgment. You're going to be accused of your life and you don't know why. But you are going to have to pay for it with your life. I guarantee you don't have to pay for it with your life. You have my attention. You have my life and your DNA is gone. You know how you pay with your children? Don't you pay with your children? Even if I did have to pay even if I put myself in all the different things that God has said in His Word about how to address you, why Satan's happy to go with it, I'm still about to die. I'm going to start walking away from the Lord and the Jesus and take a path to my Savior. But if you're a Christian, that path to Savior is going to be exactly the same. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, I guarantee you that that's not true. But God's got a plan for you, God's got
We pray God's blessings upon you as you worship with us today. If God has led you to make a decision today for Jesus, we would love to hear about it. We invite you to come to our website, cometothecross.net. Our online decision card will allow you to tell us about the decision that you're making. All decisions, all contacts are kept private and are confidential. However, we would be able to pray for you and perhaps I'd even be able to call you and pray with you about what God has led you to do if you so desire. So fill out the form, let us know, and just know that we love you and God loves you. And we're excited that you're taking this first step for God today.